I'm Pig Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mavs Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. What is up, guys? We are coming hot off of the ALCS Game 7. So many of you guys are probably not even worried about the Mavericks right now. Um, obviously, the Texas Rangers went to the World Series. Jaren has been keeping up pretty handily with the series. Um, he has a jersey on right now for those of you guys that are watching on YouTube. So obviously, you know, we are a Mavericks podcast, but, you know, being based in DFW and everything, we we got to bring the energy and we, we got to up the ante with the rest of the city because um, it, it's a great time for for Dallas Fort Worth sports right now. And, uh, you know, Rangers fan or not, um, you know, if you are a Mavericks fan listening to this, uh, you got to be happy for what's going on on that front, Jaron. So um, I know that you wanted to inevitably talk about that, even though I'm not really as you know big of a baseball fan as you. So I wanted to let you just have that at the start of the podcast. Anything you want to say in regard to that? Um, I, I, I wouldn't even say I'm a big baseball fan. I just like postseason baseball. But it's nice to see the Rangers get some success finally. Um, and look, I mean, as you said, like uh, just being a DFW sports person, this has probably got to be the best. Um, in terms of like all major teams, this is probably the best DFW has been in a very, very long time, maybe ever. Um, there's probably some debate there, but uh, yeah, I mean, very well deserved. And it, it, it was only better that they knocked off Houston in the process. So um, definitely looking forward to their game. It would either be against the D-backs or the Phillies, whoever wins that game seven tomorrow night. Uh, but I know that they have a three day break in between, so that'll be good for the team. But yeah, uh, exciting stuff for baseball, exciting stuff for Mavericks as they ramp up their season in just two days, which is wild. The NBA season begins tomorrow, which is even more wild. Um, and no, that's not even really processing. I have it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I have my my start date is the Mavericks start date. So yeah, I know. I'm really <laughs> so I like, that there's games uh, tomorrow. <laughs> no, we got work tomorrow. Like me and Will are working together tomorrow night and – I can tell you that we will barely be working. We'll be focusing on the TV the whole entire time. So it'll be our last, it will be our last shift together at our current place yes. of employment. So yes, that, exactly. Be, so. It will be definitely enjoying um, the, the, the sports concert that or that we're going to get to see on that TV at the bar, but nonetheless um, the Mavericks obviously, you know, made some moves today as well. And we haven't even been back to cover you guys uh, since their last preseason game versus Detroit. Um, obviously, uh, we were hoping to get on the microphone either Saturday or Sunday, uh, but we just had a little bit of a hectic weekend. You know, you got to understand we are some broke college students at the end of the day. So Jaron and I were having to, to kind of, um, you know, fill the void from the, you know, the working perspective, uh, and really, really hustle this weekend, uh, because we got a big week coming up in terms of, you know, going down to that San Antonio games and, you know, providing some live coverage for you guys. Uh, we're, we're part partnering um with pro sports fans i know i think we said on the podcast once but um we're going to be doing pre-game post-game shows things of that nature we'll have those lined up for the spurs game as a matter of fact um we're going to have to kind of get those out early because we don't really have 
you know, we're, we're starting all this on such short notice that we're not really going to have time to get a, you know, grand setup outside the arena. And, you know, being that we're Mavs fans, I don't even know if they'd let us do that in the first place. Um, but nonetheless, um, we are really excited to kick that off. We'll be promo- promoting all of it on our Twitter and, you know, sending you guys the link to the app and everything like that. And, you know, over the next couple of days, really going to try to, you know, reach out, follow a bunch of people, try to try to engage a bigger audience because uh, we, re- we really are excited to to grow along with you guys uh, in lockstep as we as we go through this uh, new NBA season. And, and we got a lot of fun stuff coming. And, you know, the Mavericks had some fun stuff coming for us today. It's probably five, six minutes into the podcast. And it just goes to show how much of a news event day it has been for the for the, you know, DFW Metroplex. But Josh Green and the Dallas Mavericks agreed on a three year, $41 million contract extension. Um, and obviously, it's going to be attached to his current rookie scale contract, which has one remaining year, and the extension will kick in, you know, at, at principle, sort of face value, um, an excellent deal, to say the least. We'll get into it uh, once the podcast, um, you know, sort of um, actually kicks off after the ad break and everything um, a lot more. And we'll definitely um, be talk, you know, talking about how specifically the Mavericks were able to uh, really capitalize and, and ace on this deal. Um, but, you know, if I even have any complaints, um, maybe that they could have got one more year, but that's obviously being extremely picky. You know, the Mavericks kind of went up until the last minute to, to an effect with this deal. Um, I believe the Shams t- tweet came out around like 245 and obviously the deal to get a contract extension deadline done um you know or deadline uh the deadline rather was um 5 p.m central time today so they had to get a deal done just you know with a little bit over two hours left they were able to finalize that with josh green his agency and the way that josh green was talking to the media in preseason um it definitely seemed like it was going to be a lot more than it was so obviously that's really exciting uh for you know uh, a multiple of reasons that we'll get into uh here after we get done with the ad break um and you know on top of all of that, um, our, our main topic of discussion today, uh, once we kind of glaze past the Josh Green stuff and, and the Pistons game, is going to be predict- predicting the standings for next year um, across the whole NBA. Obviously, we're a Maverick-centric podcast, but we got to do some stuff to to fill this little void in between um, days before our first game here. And we wanted to get some sort of prediction-based things out. Uh, we're going to have another sort of preview type pod it's going to be more focused on the the preview of the spurs game um but we'll definitely probably do some sort of prediction based stuff in that one as well um you know dealing with the rest of the nba uh, and we're going to have that one coming out tomorrow so um you know two podcasts in a row ahead of this first game really ramping up the content on all fronts uh this week so we're really excited about that and we're gonna go ahead and get into this podcast full-fledged but before we do that here's an ad from our sponsor spotify for podcasters all right, Jaron. So getting into it, let's just kick it off with the most pressing news of the day. Obviously, Josh Green is here to stay for at least the next four more seasons. Uh, I don't believe there even is a player option in that last uh, season. Uh, obviously, that's granted that, you know, the Mavericks don't trade him or something else obscure happens, uh, which, you know, we've become accustomed to as Mavericks fans. But nonetheless, um, it um, was obviously uh, a pretty relieving uh, tweet when you know good old Shams uh Sham Sharania flashed across all of our screens at 2 42 p.m today or whatever time it was 
and saw that that extension it came in, especially at that dollar amount. I feel like once you know most people uh, actually check that notification further, um, you know what were you expecting as far as the Josh Green deal uh, from a dollar amount perspective, and were the negotiations between him and his agency and the Mavericks organization um, did did they fall short of what you were um, you know the the sort of range that you were expecting for Josh Green, uh, especially maybe comparable to some of the other contracts that were handed out today. Or uh, do you think that this uh, was a pretty fair deal for him? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll I'll start with, you know, other contracts around the league. I know Devin Vassell signed his a little bit earlier before the season started. Uh, he had, what was it, like a four-year 137 or 120, something like It was something really, or five-year, something really big. Uh, Jaden McDaniel signed his contract uh, right before Josh Green, a few hours before. So I was kind of expecting maybe a little bit more leniency using those sort of, you know, dollar figures as, uh, as bait or maybe not as bait, but as, uh, you know, leaning markers to, markers, to yeah. sort of look at, but no, I mean, yeah, like both, both of those guys, I, I think we can definitely agree at this, even at this stage in their young careers are, are probably a tier ahead of, uh, Josh Green. Yeah. Without uh, a doubt. He's definitely like not too far behind. And personally, um, especially, you know, given Denny Avdia's contract, you know, it's a player who's shown, you know, relatively, similar promise uh but i i think even green maybe uh especially last season i i thought he had earned his stripes enough to you know really you know project himself into that 15 million you know or so range but that kind of you know goes to show the the, the cliche slogan of mavericks fans always overvaluing our own players um well, you know we do it both in fake trades and um, and I guess in, you know, what we think their contract extension is going to be, because it happens in terms of the contract extensions almost every time, but, you know, we do obviously have a front office that is notorious for, for low ball, uh, low balling guys on occasion, uh, particularly Mark Cuban, but, um, that's, you know, definitely case specific. I'm not trying to make this a, a Cuban rant podcast, but I mean, nonetheless, like, I was just very surprised um, that it, it wasn't a little bit higher. I don't know if I see a little bit more, you know, potential in Josh Green um, than the Mavericks do, or if they just don't think that he's enough of a proven commodity uh, to hand out, you know, over 15 million to, but, you know, for him to be on essentially the same dollar figure as, as Grant Williams, you know, especially given that those guys are, you know, two likely starters, uh, both under the age of 25 there that are going to be able to um, defend, um, you know, essentially from the, the free throw line extended uh, next to, to Luca and Kyrie, hopefully for years to come. Um, you know, the fact that they're at this sort of figure before they even enter their prime uh, for the foreseeable future um, is definitely something that I'm really, ha- you know, happy about on all fronts. And, you know, the benefits that this has for uh, both the Mavericks, um, you know, as, as well as Josh Green, at least, um, you know, capitalizing from the standpoint that he didn't get four years tied up on that deal. He only has three you know, you, he's probably going to be entering his prime, be like 25 around his, his next contract. So he's going to be in store for a, probably a humongous payday when that happens, uh, if he can continues on his current trajectory. Um, so, you know, definitely maybe a little bit of an underpay from his perspective, but I mean, it's definitely not something I think that he's salty about or anything like that. He was uber mo- motivated to get a deal done. You know, the, some of the commentary in regard to, his, you know, potential contract extension, I think was a little bit up in the air uh, with some of his media availabilities. 
ahead of this deadline. Um, but it, it was more so, I think, that he was just trying to push the notion that he was focusing on the team um, and, you know, their, their matchup. And he just didn't want to distract anything away from, uh, you know, contract negotiations. Not, not that he obviously didn't want to be in Dallas because, you know, through um, his agency and, and him, uh, they were able to make that happen with the Mavericks today uh, on a very favorable deal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, look, I, I was actually doing the math um, this morning with this sort of uh, projected dollar amount. I figured a four for 45 or four for 50 was kind of be more or it was going to kind of be more of what Josh Green was going to get at most. Um, he definitely got three for 41, uh, you know, still equals that 13 uh, year range, I believe. You thought he was going to get less than that. I, I thought he was going to get less than that, but not wow. that much. I thought, I thought, cause the four for 50 was 15 a mil or 15 mil a year. Uh, I thought that's what he was going to get. No, four for 50 is not. All right. Not four for 60, four for 60. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I was going to yeah, say, my fault, really, my yeah. Fault, my fault. Okay. <laughs> yeah, four yeah, for 60. Good. That's what I was trying okay, to say. Yeah. No, that's what I, that's um, definitely along the lines of what I was thinking as well. Yeah. I, I thought yeah. that was going to be the max. He was going to get 15 mil or yeah. 15 mil a year four for four for 60. Uh, and look, I mean, three for 41, very favorable. I think, for both parties, I think the Mavericks walk away with now two guys, as you said, under 24 years old on really favorable contracts. Once that new CBA kicks in too, uh, I mean, these guys are going to be well underpaid for starting caliber guys. Uh, and now look, you look at Josh Green. He's a guy that is now on a, or will soon be on a three-year extension. Um, I mean, he got paid. I, I don't really think that he's going to argue too much unless if he has some sort of breakout season is averaging 20 points a game on insane efficiency. I don't think he's going to be, um salty about the contract that he signed today and like i said it works out for both parties uh it's a very tradable contract if the mavericks are looking to look that way um i think it could become, for a guy it could become if, like highly untradable though if josh green um does cash he, out on the most improved yeah uh, well that <laughs> yeah that uh, <laughs> but um but i i think it's likely a very favorable contract for the nba just in general um, for green, of course, for the Mavericks, I think it's all very positive, uh, especially for, you know, this team moving forward with all the money that they have in two players already. Uh, but yeah, I think in terms of for Josh green, he should be happy for obvious reasons. He got paid, um, a lot of money and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think moving forward, I don't think that, I don't think that that really had any weight on his shoulders during the preseason or anything like that, but he was playing really good during the preseason. Um, and moving forward, like I said, he's not going to have that weight on his shoulders if he even did. And I, I mean, all he has to do is play basketball now and prove on the court why he's worth uh, 13 mil. So um, I, I don't think it'll be hard for him to do that. Of course, as Josh Giddy predicts that he will be most improved player. And I, we might follow up on that. We'll, we'll see, but. Yeah, no, we'll definitely see. It's obviously a very bold prediction, but um, with not not without validity to it. I I wrote some very, um, I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't say unhinged positivity, but it was I I wrote some definite Mavs Homer type Josh Green pieces this off season uh, that you guys can go check out at the Smoking Cube. And I wrote one I think that was titled like Three Reasons Josh Green Could Be a Future All Star. You know, I, I'm just completely sold on the play style. I did, I did the opposite with my yeah, one article. Yeah, you, you Three reasons why the they should train. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, just we, you know, you see Jaren and I, the more and more we do this podcast, just grow further apart on a daily basis. Yeah, it's, it's sad. It's, it's sad, sad to see. see. And it, it was even amplified more 
um, you know, when we were doing some of our predictions uh, ahead oh, of, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, for our standings uh, ahead of this podcast. And um, I mean, there, there may or may not have been tears coming down my eyes, uh, you know, amidst some of, um, you know, the, the dispute that we had between some of these picks, um, you know, Jaron and I were, were pretty, uh, pretty tight knit in terms of our picks last year. And to see him take this, um, abrasive course of action, I, I just, I, I don't really know what to say, but, um, you know, as long as Josh Green is extended, all is well, um, our, our standings predictions, uh, matter all for naught. So, um, you know, it's, I I know that Jason Kidd still hasn't technically, you know, penciled in that's that starting guy. And I think he said something at his uh practice availability today of the effect that, you know, that that wing spot is gonna be analyzed on a game to game basis, depending on the matchups and things like that, that last starting spot. Uh I we'll see. I, I just think Josh Green, the way he's played in preseason so far. Um, if the strides that he seems to have took in his game over the off season, uh, essentially just kind of, you know, getting better at, uh, some of the offensive potential that he showed us last year with the ball handling, uh, with the ability to, to self play make, um, and, you know, self create. I mean, he, he wasn't, you know, he, he's taken a few, he's taken a few mid range jump shots early on in preseason, you know, off of pull-ups, I think even maybe one or two fadeaways, you know, that was something he even last year admits, you know, his breakout season, his confidence coming to fruition. We still really didn't even see that from him. I mean, there's been some really intriguing stuff. I've, I've loved the way he's been able to explode to the rim. There's been a couple times even where he's left it kind of long or short because he almost catches himself going too fast to the rim. Um, but he's exploiting driving lanes to uh, a serious degree. And I, you know, I, I don't know how effective that's going to be once we start the regular season. Obviously, you know, just how, uh, you know, multifaceted and, and multidimensional he's going to be in his approach uh, from that wing perspective as, as well as, you know, just from the, you know, sort of question of how many mouths are there to feed on this Mavericks team with Luca and Kyrie um, taking up so much of that usage. Um, it, it's going to be really intriguing to see if Josh has the wherewithal to take that next step. But, you know, if, if he does uh, become a sort of premier young talent uh, next to Luca and Kyrie and takes that next step on offense to, you know, where he's averaging over 15 points a game next year. He He's looking like, you know, he he can be potentially an all-star caliber player at some point in his career, you know, from an offensive perspective. You know, we already have seen um, how he, he continues to get better from an intangibles perspective on defense. You know, the athleticism is already there, and he, he's only getting stronger and faster at, at this stage in his career, uh, you know, given he's only 22. Um, I, I was just really pleased with the overall deal, but – uh, furthermore, I am just excited for, um, you know, getting him on that specific dollar amount because I am higher on him. I think maybe even some people on Mavericks Twitter are like, I, I, I genuinely do think that this guy, uh, you know, at, at the very least is going to step into a starting role or at least force the Mavericks hand to, to start him this coming, this coming season. I expect big things out of Josh Green. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, and pretty much concur with everything that you said. I think Green is going to take a huge leap. Um, with this season moving forward, I think he's already taken a huge leap just last year, but I think finding consistency, um, with his offensive game, of course, defensively as well, uh, that's going to be key for him to, you know, hopefully become an MIP candidate or just, you know, become a surefire fifth starter on this team, because 
as you mentioned, and not to take any credit away from uh, Derek Jones Jr. at all. He's played, you know, pretty good uh, in preseason, but I, I think Josh Green is well-deserving of that fifth spot. If he's and, shooting uh, as well as he is right now, there's yeah. not even, there's not even a discussion. Like, I, I think Mavericks fans on Twitter are going to be lined up at Jason Kidd's office with pitchforks if Josh Green continues to to shoot the ball this well and, and doesn't start because uh, yeah. um, every other intangible, you know, across his game is, um, you know, on honestly, you know, better, you know, from a playmaking passing, you know, uh, creation standpoint. Uh, there's not too many guys on the Mavericks roster that that best him, to be honest with you, outside of you know Luca, Kyrie, maybe Hardy, you know, just so uh, I'm intrigued to see where that goes. But let's get into the the Pistons game a little bit. The Mavericks uh, mended all of their issues from the first three previous games. Uh, I'm just joking, but they did uh, play a lot better. And you know, despite Luca being out, obviously he made his token appearance in the Real Madrid game. Uh, for five minutes despite dealing with that left calf strain reports were positive coming out of practice today he did uh practice fully today um judging by the amount of news that has sort of come through uh, as far as math stuff goes the fact that we're only mentioning it at the that the luca fully practiced today at this point in the podcast kind of shows how hectic of a day it has been for for dfw sports like i mentioned um, but he did fully practice the you know jason kidd said they're going to evaluate how he is tomorrow but um he seems like he is in position to play. Hardy also fully practiced today. So, I mean, you, you'd think that if they have two full practices under their under their belt, both of those guys, they'll be good to go for the start of the regular season. But obviously we'll need official confirmation on that. Nothing confirmed on those fronts yet, um, but definitely um, excited about that. Um, and, you know, looking back at that Detroit game, obviously, you know, the Mavericks were without Luka. But um, everything – uh, sort of came into fruition right at the right time because it could have easily been a sum of all fears scenario starting 0-4 preseason. Uh, everything um, just sort of looking really, you know, jumbled up, uh, not having got to, you know, play your full roster together. If you're Dallas, having accrued, you know, all these injuries with over 17,000 miles of of travel, Early on in preseason, that's you're obviously going to bear a little bit of jet lag, even if you're a professional athlete uh, from the immense amount of travel there. So it's just um, good to see everything um, is coming into shape, even if it is sort of last minute. And you know that that that's always the trend with the Mavericks. Things tend to have happen last minute. You know whether it's transactional moves, uh, whether it's their PR team uh, waiting till the last minute to release information on the City Edition jerseys. Um, uh, among other things, but um, they they were able to, um, you know, come through with a with a victory and uh, to piggyback off of our earlier conversation, Josh Green, definitely probably the player of the game in this one, uh, came out, uh, you know, probably knowing in his head that this was his uh game that he needed to earn that contract, um, and he made a point of emphasis, you know, the Mavericks, I would say overall had more of a dress rehearsal style type game. They kind of played an actual rotation uh, a little bit more than they had in previous preseason games. Kyrie did play in the second half. They did revert obviously back to, you know, uh, letting the Brent, uh, the, the deep bench brigade uh, run it there in the fourth quarter, getting to see some of those two way guys, but they also over the weekend uh, locked in Greg Brown, the third and Dexter Dennis to those last two, two way spots. 
uh, to to pair with AJ Lawson there after some of the other wavings that we talked about and uh, in the other podcast. I don't know if I've ever said that word before, wavings. Wavings. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like it's just usually like uh, getting released or something like that. But yeah, after the after those wavings, um, they um, obviously the Mavericks have rounded out their their full twenty man or not twenty man, but I guess rather. 18 man roster 18, with their two yeah. way spots. It keeps extending. It keeps yes. Extending. Uh 18 man roster with their two two way spots ahead of training camp. Um and they they got the they got a solid little squad up in Frisco as well. They they were able to get the returning player rights of Tony Bradley, uh Taze Moore, you assume probably Mike Miles, Jelly Walker, Joe Wee's camp, guys of that, you know, pedigree are gonna also see time there along with some the of the guys, you know, at certain junctures of the season. So we'll see how this goes, but um I'm sorry to see it, to to say it, Jaron, but your prediction of Derek Lively the second uh, spending time in Frisco is is not not really all all but two months ago. All but two yeah, months but, ago. Um, yeah, it, drastically. It, it has the stock has uh, officially plummeted, and I don't think anybody is reading that article anymore. But um, yeah, I guess I, I mean Derek Lively, at least in Detroit or not not in Detroit, but against Detroit. Prove to me that he is indefinitely the starting center on this team. Um, yes, regardless, even if he's not ready for it, um, he, he showed the ability to at least hold his own at the very least against subpar. Well, not, I wouldn't say subpar competition in the NBA. I mean, he's going against hey, Jalen Mark Durant. Mark was pretty good. Jalen Durant. Yeah, no, good. I mean, the, he, he was matched up against Wiseman for lots of stretches. But yeah. I, mean, I thought he did good against all three of them to his credit. Like, he looked he, – he was mobile enough to stay with Bagley. I think Bagley only got, like, one or two open push shots or, like, little mid-range jumpers on him. Uh, that he just was out of position for um, guarding Jalen Duran uh, was a tall task. I mean, he didn't really play much because I mean, that's, that's their young big obviously, but um, I thought Derek did good on him for what it's worth. It's, it's hard because uh, Duran has that in between game uh, from about 18 to 20 feet um, where he can, if he starts to develop that a further clip, he's going to be able to, um run a train on opposing bigs in the NBA. Um, but you know, he I, I thought, you know, Derek didn't really allow any slippage to the rim uh when he was in the game. And I was really happy about that from defensive perspective. And he was doing a really good job on collapsing all Detroit's guards. You know, anytime the Mavericks allowed any dribble penetration, definitely his best preseason game. He's getting a ton of putbacks, the most active he's looked yeah. on the glass for sure, uh rebounding wise and set some good screens too. You know, he's impressing and continuing continuing to develop every game and that was obviously you know one of the biggest takeaways from that Detroit game uh was was just how good he looked now you know it may not be that on a nightly basis I don't know just how good he is but the fact that you know he I wouldn't say that you know he's forced Dallas hand to start but the fact that he's been put in this position by this organization mm-hmm. and you know he's he's took this responsibility as just a you know a young 19 year old man uh as as seriously as he has and has put himself in this position um, is is extremely impressive, you know, regardless of what sort of, um, you know, woes he may deal with throughout this season, because, you know, like I said, there, there definitely could be a lot on both sides of the ball, just given that he is a rookie. Um, I am, you know, still very optimistic for uh, the outcome of his, his career, regardless of what happens. He's, he's definitely showed me a lot in preseason and definitely the best center uh, out of the three Maverick centers that are splitting time predominantly at the five right now, obviously Maxi may have times where he's going to be the closing center, you know, five, but now with the amount of centers on the roster, 
we, you know, obviously expect him to play a little bit less of big, you know, more in those two big lineups that we've seen him been, you know, playing in in preseason. Um, so um, that that much was good. But I mean, overall, that that whole game, I thought everything came into fruition. It was great to see Kyrie playing the way he does. I could care less about his shooting line. He was running the offense to an absolute T and he there was a sort of sense of comfortability. I felt like in that Detroit game that that he was playing with that. I, you know, it could be recency bias, but I almost don't feel like I'd seen that in the the first preseason game that he played for sure. And definitely not uh, some of the game, you know, not all games, obviously he looked really good, you know, throughout different stretches of the season last last year with Dallas in those, you know, last 20 or so games, but he, he looked like he was in command of the team from a leadership perspective, just like the way you watched him out there on the court, like he wasn't hesitant at all. He, he was just letting it go. And I mean, the way that, uh, you know, with Luca out, for him to fill that that point guard role uh, to a premium and get 11 assists and set things up uh, within the half court, uh, you know, every possession that he was in the game, that, that really impressed me because we haven't got to see, you know, Kyrie, the playmaker on, on full display, you know, all but maybe a couple times. You know, obviously he's, he's definitely a great secondary playmaker next to Luca, but, you know, with Luca taking that initiative for, for the most part for the Mavericks and in terms of being – you know, that, that lead playmaker um, getting to see Kyrie Irving, you know, do it on at, at display at his size was very promising. And I mean, I, I'm just, you know, an, another year of continuity, I, I think that we'll only see those assist numbers go up and, you know, his ability to, to find his teammates in, in pockets that they may not expect it uh, increase because, you know, the differences, you know, between Kyrie and Luca, I'd say from a playmaking perspective is, you know, while Luca is so good at, at making the, the, most difficult um, just, you know, highlight real type pass ever. I I'd say Kyrie is almost better at getting to his spots to make those sort of passes um, because he, he draws such an immense uh, pressure with, you know, bigger defenders, you know, Lucas typically passing through these, you know, big wings that are trying to defend him. They're not easy passes that he's, he's making, but, you know, Kyrie does the dirty work from the dribbling perspective. And then, puts himself in positions, you know, make those little dump offs to Dwight Powell in the lane, um, you know, a little flip behind the back. I mean, he's just so savvy. And I, I was just really impressed with how he operated and ran everything um, ahead of the, the first game. I thought it was an excellent dress rehearsal for San Antonio. And I mean, I know he's been doing it. He's been a veteran for 12 years or whatever, but um, for, for those that, you know, were maybe a little bit worried, I'm, I'm not saying I was, but I know there's some people on Twitter just because he hadn't really played in preseason I feel like their answers were uh, or their questions uh, in, in regard to anything uh, to do with Kyrie being ready for the season were answered certainly um, in that in that preseason game versus Detroit last Friday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, 11 assists speaks for itself uh, and not just that, but the way that he made Derek Lively the second look. Um, I think that that duo really looked elite. I touched up on that in an article like just this morning, but um, I think that him and Lively the second will quite honestly become quite a, a, an elite duo. I, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Luca or anything like that. Um, I know that you were just picking their games apart hair by hair. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everything that you said is very true. Uh, Kyrie does, you know, pretty much a better job at getting to his spot uh, quicker, I guess, in a way, and pretty much just getting the pass there. You know, he's going to make it look pretty in the way just because of how savvy, how you know beautiful his game is. Uh, but in the process of doing it, he's doing it all while getting to that spot, uh, getting the pass there, getting the lob, whatever it is. 
he's doing that um, pretty simultaneously while making it look pretty. Um, but yeah, in terms of Kyrie, in terms of Derek Lively, I, I really did like what I see um, out of those two. I think, you know, heading into uh, this game against San Antonio two days from now, you have to be uh, really hopeful for what we're going to see there. You know, I, I know that Victor Wimbanyama, just his reach alone, has the ability to disrupt a lot of different passes. But um, at least moving forward, you know, those lob passes, the way that he was able to connect with Lively II, uh, that looked really pretty and it looked really good. Uh, and as I mentioned, you know, it's very promising moving forward. We saw Kyrie, uh, just a little bit of backstory. We saw Kyrie, you know, pretty much with Jared Allen, pretty much with Nick Claxton, uh, kind of put their careers on notice. And I think that he can definitely do the same with Lively II. Um, I guess moving forward now, we're going to uh, talk about Josh Green just a little bit. Or at least I wanted to touch up on one thing that are I there saw. Any, is there game. anything else from the Detroit game that you'd like to, um, you know, go over at, at nauseum? We... You know, we're not going to talk too extensively about it. Obviously, the Mavericks did look better shooting. Um, just, I guess, some some brief thoughts in terms of the game. I, I have to offer before we move on. Um, I thought that the pace of play overall was yeah, just increased. Yeah. Um, guys were using uh, – they're exploiting driving lanes and, um, you know, using uh, that, that transition offense to – um, you know, really, really feed those open looks, especially without Luca there to, um, you know, make some of those prolific cross court passes to the weak side wing that he's able to make out of double teams. Um, I was really impressed with the Mavericks dribble penetration and their ability to find shooters off of that without him being there. Um, obviously the defense was the hugest thing for me. I think every Mavericks fan was really impressed by that. Derek Lively's rim presence was the best that it looked in any game. Um, as, as well as the wing defense uh, being complimentary to that. Grant Williams looked excellent in that first half when he played, um, you know, from Josh Green to Derek Jones Jr. They're all doing, you know, a good job defending opposing wings, at, uh, as well as at the point of attack. Kyrie got pesty when he was in there, as we've seen plenty of times, um, you know, at the tail end of last season, you know, just with how underrated his defense is. Um, and, you know, the bench, bench unit looked pretty good too. I, I really didn't, you know, have – I wouldn't say any negatives in the game besides the fact that Doncic and Hardy, you know, didn't play. Uh, I thought maybe Exum and Hardaway both looked a little bit dry offensively, but, but more so, but Tim was still making some insane threes. Nonetheless. I mean, he had a few, you know, pull-ups off of some, uh, you know, dribble moves at the top of the key uh, where guys went under him on screen and he just popped it in their eyes. that were really impressive, but he was also, um, you know, he definitely, I think, thought that he had a little bit higher of a leash in the preseason than, than he did, but it is just preseason, so who cares? But we'll, we'll see how much that translates into the regular season because he was taking some outlandish ass threes in that game. Um, but uh, I thought I was, you know, I think Exum just kind of had a rough shooting game, but his process, you know, from a defensive perspective and in terms of setting guys up was still there. So I, I wasn't really tripping out over that. You know, it, I'm really excited for his start to the season. Um, obviously, you know, I'm optimistic, but, you know, definitely with some skepticism as well, uh, just from the standpoint that, you know, he has been out of the league for all these many years. He is going to have to prove this for sure at the NBA stage. We'll just see, you know, if his confidence is rattled at all. But I mean, other than that, I, I just thought that the defense, um, was just tenfold better from all perspectives. The pace play was better, uh, the way in which the Mavericks used, like I said, their transition offense as well as their ability to um, get to the rim to open up the three-point game uh, rather than, you know, use 
um, you know, the three pointer to open up uh, those driving lanes. Like we, we kind of saw in those first couple preseason games, something that they're trying to get away with or trying to get away from something that we saw all last season. Uh, they were third in the league and three pointers attempted last season, even though Jason Kidd said before the season that they were trying to take a lot less threes, blah, 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 blah all this, yada, yada, yada. We're going to have to see it actually come into fruition this year if that's going to be something that we believe. And it's, you know, not that the Mavericks can't be a high volume three point shooting team, but, um, you know, conversely, uh, when you do rank, um, you know, dead last in, um, how was it pacer? I believe the Mavericks did, I, because I, I wrote this for my article, but I, yeah, they, they ranked dead last in pace last year. And, um, they were definitely in the bottom half in points in the pain. I mean, those are things that you're obviously going to have to path, uh, patch up a ton, um, in, in terms of, you know, re- resurrecting this into being a more multifaceted offense, because that's what's going to be able to get you deep in the playoffs. And, you know, the, that that is sort of in-between game uh, that matters so much in the playoffs. That, that'll that come into fruition when those moments do get tight, because we do have those guys in Luka and Kyrie to be able to get you, you know, get you a bucket when it really matters most, at, you know, at, at any spot on the court. Yeah, just one thing I wanted to touch upon, uh, more Josh Green content before we wrap up the podcast is um, I, I don't know about you, but I thought that he was throughout that game, at least I thought that he was scoring in very different ways. Um, I, I feel like there was off a DHO one time or off of a uh, kind of follow away shot. He made like a, a, a wing three, uh, a movement wing three. Um, I, I just don't uh, think that coming that's... around the, uh, the, yeah, the, yeah. Double screen. I, stagger. Yeah. No, it's a, yeah. Double screen. Yeah. I guess it would have been stagger. Cause the hot ball off ball. Um, but yeah, you know, coming down off that, uh, he made that sort of movement three, um, on the left wing side, it would have been, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if that's something that the Mavericks are really looking to, like a, as far as offensive schemes, like, I don't know if they're like pinpointing that sort of play. I wouldn't say that they're but... like looking at him to be a movement shooter specifically, but it's like, you know, if he can give you that in spots and, you know, he, he diagnoses, Hey, this guy went under me on this screen or, you know, are they were obviously running him off a double screen, that scenario doing that to get open. I don't know if the play design was for him to catch it or, you know, you know, shoot on the catch or try to get himself more square, but, you know, to, to adjust yourself and get square um, mid mid air uh, as you know, if you've, I don't know if any of you guys out there uh, that are, you know, really deep in the, in the basketball shithole like me and Jaron, but if you are, uh go go listen to old man in the three cam johnson and jj reddick had a great episode talking about jump shot mechanics together and you know uh squaring yourself to the basket midair and what have you and uh that's definitely one of the more impressive uh things especially as a movement shooter as a role player in the nba for anybody to do and i mean i you know josh made me a handful of those over his nba career but uh, and then, you know, he'll have to prove that, that he can shoot at that effective of a rate because you have to have insane timing to do that um, on a consistent basis. But now if we see stuff like that, like that's the type of stuff that, you know, gives me the, the that bodes credence to, you know, my argument over the offseason and why I do like think this guy, uh, you know, can be, you know, potentially maybe not this year, obviously. I'm not, you know, that far fetched, but I do think at one point in his career he could be an all star caliber player because um, he, you know, has never really necessarily been consistent with any of these other offensive assets, but they only grow exponentially every season. And they only, um, we only see them, you know, enhance more from a a pretty, 
I, I would say rough start for a lot of uh, Josh Green's sort of ancillary skills that he's added to his game compare, you know, you compare to where he was like his rookie year. I mean, this guy, just, he kind of projected as maybe, you know, a strict three and D wing at the best, you know, yeah, at the best, yeah. Be a, a straight shooter, a guy who can get out in transition. Uh, he, he's turned into far more from that, you know, from a playmaking and, you know, shot creation perspective and um, that, you know, evaluating that journey and seeing how much more comfortable he's gotten um, and, and how less, robotic how less processed he looks how much more fluid he looks out there uh that in itself has has been i think the the coolest part about you know all this journey because obviously not all first round picks you know work out to the to the degree that you know josh green has uh especially after um you know coming off those first two seasons in his career um it was a big prove it point to you know honestly just stick in the nba yeah no i mean quite literally um you know i i think uh was it Kyra Lewis that was picked right before him or right after him I can't remember um but you know he hasn't really found his footing in the NBA and there's multiple other guys that were picked above him that you know haven't really found their footing in the NBA um and you know to your point like he needed that year three to get to where he is now uh Mm -hmm. and he just got a massive payday so yeah I mean great for him another Uh, another rookie skill guy that we forgot about and you might be surprised he's a rookie skill contract extension I believe but I believe uh Zeke Naji that eight for or that oh he for, did three, two yeah. Deals. yeah which I I that is a very underrated move in my opinion I thought um, it was just like yeah I thought that's like exactly his value you paid him like exactly his value no uh, he, he's almost like a younger Maxi though and it's funny that Maxi I believe is actually making more at this stage in his career than than that contract but I would definitely take Zeke Naji in that role I would for sure take Zeke Naji we're not going to talk about that we'll just you know this has been a pod- positive podcast positive. Uh, sort of ebb and flow of thoughts here. I think that we have covered the, the preseason game as, as much as our brains will allow us to until, um, you know, it's after uh, Wednesday and we're at the good old Best Western in San Antonio on the on the uh, on the river walk, just eagerly anticipating uh, breaking down essentially possession by possession, every single uh, thing that happened in the game. If you know how we operate with our post game uh, podcast, we go far too what you know way too in depth than than we need to even with summer league games so you know you 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 you'll be damn damn sure to expect that we do it with the the first regular season game that we'll be attending uh in person but you know hopefully some of our thoughts are maybe our extremist thoughts die down a little in those post game shows maybe that it'll it'll be a little bit of a you know a nice a nice medium before the actual podcast for us to channel some of that negative energy and and just become more zen jaren yeah, just become more zen as the YouTube TV commercials. Yeah, that that's uh, present. You know, I I have a some PTSD about that guys admittedly. Last last weekend with my ex-girlfriend that I broke up in August, um first announcement on the podcast. Oh. Breaking news, breaking news. But uh one of the last things uh we were talking about before things went down the rabbit hole. Uh she was like, "You know what? I really want to become more zen, more peace." And she was using those sort of one word uh just descriptors and i was like you know i i, I just knew in my brain she was going to become the antithesis of that and um you know side note but hey um you know goes to show that sometimes in life um it, it's not necessarily the the act uh the words that that we hear and just how you know just because it's a colorful sort of word like zen and it denotes peace doesn't mean how that's going to end in the end and that that, that, that could have been that you know could have been zen 
with the Mavericks and Jalen Brunson? It was not. It was not. Uh, it was not Aura. It was not. Um, it was it not was immaculate. Not, it was not immaculate. It was not and, any of those. And, unfortunately, something else that is not immaculate is the fact that Jaron and I, um, we have unfortunately decided to um, move the rest of the portion of this podcast just because this ended up going a little bit longer than we expected uh, with some of the Josh Green and the preseason banter. We're going to move our standings prediction to tomorrow, but we're going to have two episodes essentially released back-to-back. We plan on getting that episode out relatively fast to you guys tomorrow, definitely uh, before that uh, the sort of afternoon-evening period. So that'll be in your feeds and you know, we'll have our standings predictions coupled with all of our awards predictions as well as our, you know, little preview ahead of the San Antonio game, looking at that on a, um, you know, just an individual basis. So uh, we're going to get all that out to you guys tomorrow. Like I said, it's just getting late and we got some stuff we got to hone in on from a writing perspective here. Um, as this podcast ended up starting a little bit later than we like to, but nonetheless, um, we'll be right back with you guys. If, if you're listening to this and you already haven't, um heard our other podcast or it's not already in your feeds i'd be surprised but um stay stay tuned for that if you're listening to this early in the morning or it hasn't come out yet we appreciate you guys getting at us and listening this far in the podcast it really does mean the world to us Uh, we're going to keep grinding all season like we said on twitter today uh follow us our individual twitters at will mill j at jaron boslow for all the content in terms of uh that you know we're writing at the smoking cuban we got a lot of stuff posted you know daily not just from us but from a bunch of other great staff writers and contributors. We're really excited about the things that we're doing over there to kick off the season, building a brand. It's very nice. The tip off the season. Tip there off the go. season. Oh, <laughs> they didn't want to, didn't want to go the whole soccer route there. Did we, or the football route? The <laughs> football route. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, but we also, um, you know, we, we got um, plenty of stuff in terms of our, you know, PSF live stream stuff that we had, uh, we're going to keep dishing out to you guys on our social feeds um, on Twitter, you know, both our individual Twitter as well as the podcast Twitter. So stay tuned for that, as we talked about earlier in the podcast. And, you know, if you guys are listening on any podcast platform, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure to give us a good five star review, um, a rating. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you turn on those post notifications, you know, stay tuned to our shows. It does mean a lot that you guys, you know, continuously listen in. Support does not go unnoticed. Jaren, I checked our uh, Spotify uh, five-star reviews the other day surprisingly enough I, I didn't think we'd have any we had 11 five-star reviews wow <laughs> yeah shout out to the fans 11 that's delegates out there that's wild it's, actually it's, they they uh they went they listen all the way through they, they listen they, to the they, questions they, they answer the through. questions yes and, and and you know we we still have yet to get somebody to actually comment what we want down on the youtube uh, what's our but, youtube comment or well, did you already yeah once somebody once once somebody does that if, if any of you guys could help us out with that today actually come through and make a youtube comment it would mean the world to us comment down below how excited were you about josh green's extension figure at that three for 41 marker that's a boring question you think that's a boring question i don't got a better one but that's a boring question they're usually pretty good nah, i mean yeah but the, the, it's just not really like okay I'll, I'll make it cool do you think that if the Mavericks had a two by four attached to the end of all their hands, <laughs> here we go in the in the next coming game, that they would still be able to to block the French sensation Victor Wimbamiana, or would he use his obscene link uh, or length rather in his almost Space Jam Michael Jordan esque uh, stretchability to to be able to get it through all the the Home Depot 
uh, woodworks that the Mavericks are going to have on display. It's going to be a rough battle. Big sword fight. Stay tuned. There we go. Right, yeah. And comment down <laughs> below. Who do you got? That's, that's that, there right we there. go. This has been Will and Jaron with the Mainstream Mass Podcast. We got another one coming out for you guys shortly, and we will see you in that one. A lot of content coming out. Just stay tuned to it all. Go Rangers!